Hi, welcome to Nutra Champion, a podcast series where we speak with experts specializing in nutrition research, including scientists, doctors, and policy makers. Here, we will find out more about their research journey, their career, and even some personal life lessons. I'm Ting Ming, the editor of Nutra Ingredients Asia and your host for this podcast. You can listen to our past episodes on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. In this episode, I'm happy to be joined by Associate Professor Dr. Mahendra Apukuti, who is from the Faculty of Sports Science and Recreation at the University Technology Mara, Shah Alam in Malaysia. Dr. Apukuti is also the Vice President of Nutrition Society of Malaysia, having been elected as the Fellow of the Society in 2016. Last year, he was also elected as the Scientific Advisor of the International Life Sciences Institute, ILSI Southeast Asia region. His research interests and focus are on functional foods and sports nutrition. He chairs the Malaysian Vegetarian Dietary Guidelines, which was commissioned by the Ministry of Health Malaysia, and he has also contributed as a key writer for the Malaysian Dietary Guidelines. Hi, Dr. Apukuti. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. How have you been? Hi, I'm Ting Min. Thank you. Uh, I'm okay. Uh, thanks for inviting me under the uh, podcast uh, Nutria Champion, yeah? Nutria Ingredient Asia. Very interesting uh, uh, emails I used to get and read some of the papers uh, inside there because it's very com- uh, concise and precise matter. So I'm really happy to be here with you. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure to have you to share with us your expertise in the research area and also, you know, in what is going on in the in Malaysia when it comes to nutrition. All right. So I would like to start off by asking you more about the sports nutrition scene in Malaysia because uh, it is um, believed that, you know, COVID-19 has increased the public's interest in exercise and sports nutrition in various parts of the world. So what will you say about this when it comes to Malaysia? Are you seeing such a trend from the public and also based on your observations from, from the industry, from, you know, from your interaction with the industry? Well, uh, very good question. Uh, I think uh, it is a very interesting area to explore and learn. I would thank COVID. Without COVID, we are in the trouble that we don't know anything about this online. We never know about the life of this uh, uh, Wi-Fi and everything. We know just email and everything. So when this COVID came in 2020, a lot of people uh, were shocked and they were surprised and they were afraid to do any type of exercises or explore further outside of the house. This is where I, I believe that uh, the, 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 how to say, the new birth of understanding nutrition and an exercise came in, which is we call exercise immunology and nutrition immunology because it's a virus. And because of the virus is infected and we're getting like a flu base. So people thought uh, normal flu and everything, but everybody was scared to go out. And it was uh, beginning governments all advises to be uh, isolate yourself, keep yourself distant and everything. After slowly we see other uh, impact, then people need to do exercise. They understand that important of exercise because if you don't do exercise, 
you uh, tendency to have other diseases as well. Your immune may suppress as well. And the other hand, people didn't realize that when you do over-exercise, you also will suppress your immune. So this is need to balance. This need to be understood. So a lot of exercise immunologies, which is the prime light where people came out and explained a lot of things from WHO, from research institutes and everything. And even from universities, a lot of them uh, hide uh, reputable universities in the research of exercise immunology, they came forward. They say you can continue exercise, but inside, not outdoor at this point of time. Because we don't know what is outside. How COVID looks like, we know, but we don't know where is it. So in Malaysian setting, it also in the beginning like that. After that, people tend to go a little bit further. They do exercise in-house. So this is where I have to say earlier, I mentioned about tanking COVID. So online become the key point, communication. People learn how to understand and to do exercise online. This is important. People wanted to continue. They don't know what to do. So they need expert. Expert cannot come to their home and it's all restricted movement uh, uh, imposed. So what they do is they learn every single thing, exercise in the house base. So this is a home exercises take part, or we call it fitness workout at home during lockdown. There were a few studies to show the, 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 the interest of the people for exercise was more, enthusiasm to more, but they are limited. But after that, they started. And I think now it's all coming back to normal. Now, normalization is happening at this point of juncture, but it takes some time. I still see in the fitness industry, people are still scared to go because though pandemic is over, pandemic is coming, and, and now with the monkeypox and all kind of influenza moving around, people are a bit of scared, but I think a lot of people have started moving already. In terms of nutrition, that's where the exercise and uh, uh, nutrition immunology take place. There people were talking about immunity, how to boost up immunity. So food is the best source, not vitamins and minerals. We don't want popping pills. As a practicing nutritionist, we always emphasize on food first. Even sport nutritionists, any part of the world, they were talking food first. Supplements come next and depends on the advice of the health professionals and your medical condition. Mm, I see, I see. And you mentioned about nutrition, you know, the importance of nutrition. So when it comes to exercise and sports nutrition, right, do you see that there is some, you know, like more awareness or a higher uptake of sports nutrition products in Malaysia? Well, uh, when the COVID start, everything online start, online shopping, online marketing, online, everything based on online. So people get their resources also online, many of them. So understanding on the resources part is important. So cognitive level, the education level, so how far they're moving. Uh, everybody was in the, in, in the mood of buying online basis. Really. So when we see online basis, the trend of buying is also increasing. Previously, everything cash flow. Now, 
cashless. So that understanding gave us an implication to see that sport nutrition also goes up. Why? People are start doing exercise at home. New people, not mean new kid in the block kind of people who never did exercise before. Now they got engaged with a trainer and everything. They feel that they need to increase some muscles. So they bought some what they call a, a weightlifting in the house and everything. So they, they start doing some kind of exercises more on resistant training. And the trainer advised them, okay, perhaps you can start some protein supplementation. That's a common things that I see a lot. And we did a, a kind of a, a survey and everything, but we didn't do a purpose, uh, purposely survey for these kind of things. But what we asked them, what you buy, what you buy online marketing uh, products and everything, basically more on supplement, which is protein powder basically. So they, they're looking at a, a, a supplement, which is very important. They don't realize uh, you need to take protein for exercise, but where for wear and tear, but not necessarily are you meeting the requirement or not? So that is another question. So this is where sport nutritionists or sport dietitian need to educate them more. I think the uh, empowerment, empower them on education on sport nutrition is really, really required. And the understanding is very low, I would say that, because they think that uh, uh, their physical trainer or their physiotherapist or whoever they're working with, they feel that, oh, taking some supplement that will help me. But they don't understand food comforts. If you eat more, what will happen from their requirement? You thinking just carry five kilo of uh, um, dumbbell and, and, and you have to eat more protein? It is not necessary. The house food is sufficient enough. So, in terms of um, uh, online buying, I think in the, uh, the product is actually uh, protein and also vitamins and minerals uh, supplements goes up. So that is because every corner uh, medical advice was actually on vitamins and minerals. You have to keep yourself in the vitamins. They said, oh, vitamin C. Oh, everybody go and jump in and vitamin C. That is okay. I would say that somehow or other, even though we don't agree, but it's flush off somewhere. But if your vitamin D, it is not going to go out. But it's good. You Maybe because you are staying indoor, you don't get exposed to sun. Uh, for some reason, I don't know how they do that. But... It's free, yeah? Malaysia is free, Singapore is free. This region, we are free to get all sort of, what they call our sun, uh, not 24 hours, but at least sufficient enough to give your vitamin D. And also I noticed vitamin uh, mineral in the uh, zinc. A lot of people are tired, jump inside zinc because it's related to immunity. And uh, they also goes to the iron, uh, and all these things are uh, met, uh, minerals, uh, you, they really need to observe properly. If they're taking it in the food, they are eating daily, that's sufficient. But most of it, they, they, their tendency to understand is lacking. So nutrition knowledge need to be empowered among these people. Yes, indeed. So aside from protein, vitamins and minerals, uh, I actually know that your research also, one of your research right, also covers the use of probiotics and its impacts on exercise. So probiotics is like one of the 
hottest uh, ingredients these days. So um, your your research, um, one of them that I read, right, it's on how probiotic supplementation uh, can help to reduce anxiety and stress in badminton players. Uh, yeah, so this is like a six weeks um, clinical trial. Yeah, could you share more about this? You know, how, uh, how did the study of probiotics come about for, for sports nutrition? And that's a good question. Uh, I started this uh, probiotics because my, my exploration started with the functional food. As you know, a lot of research is moving on that area, though it's not clearly defined yet, functional food. Japan started it. I was there for three months in Japan, so the exposure is there is very, very strong. And the functional food, the very, very particular nutrient and go to in-depth, even a capsicum, they go to the biopeptide and see what the biopeptide can help. So that kind of understanding is there. And then in Malaysia, uh, I think Dr. T. is young from the president of Nutrition Society, he always emphasized on functional food. Because Asia, we have a lot of food and then a type of plant-based that we always uh, eat and consume it. And in Malaysia, we have Malay, Indian and Chinese, all the uh, Sabah and Sarawak indigenous food, the locally grown food have substantial level of understanding. So while I'm doing my PhD, I was looking on bovine cholesterol. Firstly, that was my starting point, my PhD work on bovine cholesterol. Looking at it, how important is this bovine cholesterol looking at the sports performance and immunity side. So that opened my eyes. While doing that, one of our professor in uh, uh, London, Prof. Michelson, who, is, who suggested me, Mahin, why don't you look at the uh, uh, functional food like kind of things and probiotics or uh, plant-based uh, herbal products and everything. Then I said, okay, something interesting. And among Indians, we've been eating yogurts, these probiotics, we, though it's not classified as a probiotic, but it's a lactic acid bacteria, which is, has a potential to play also. So I thought, okay, let's start on that. Let's see what we can do. So our initial first study was actually on probiotic, was in animal model, my, my study. Malaysia at that time, not many. Many people were doing on uh, po, uh, 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 what do you call animal uh, care, you know, for probiotic as antibiotics uh, roles. So how to prevent using antibiotic, use a probiotic for helping the animals like poultry and everything or aquaculture and everything. So I'm the fuller who in nutrition and then went inside the functional food. I wanted to look in the sports side. So I started with animal model. So my one of my professor from uh, IMU, but she's now in Monash University. She said, Mahim, let's look in animal put them in the treadmill. Let's see what their reaction is. So we started. So we started with that kind of a probiotic study first. So that animal model, to look at it, how is it impactful? But in that probiotic, I what I do is, I wanted to see on the antioxidant. Looking at the muscle supinator and see how antioxidant works on that. And we see some impact, interesting there. Then I say, Prof, there's some interesting part of it. Let's move on to human studies because we need to do more. But human, we cannot do biopsies and very difficult in ethics clearance in Malaysia. So what we did was we did with the uh, probiotics, 
but we give them on the uh, looking at the uh, uh, brain wave because we already know gut brain. So that was actually first study with a human trial with football players. We are one of my uh, uh, master's student from uh, Sri Lanka. She, she was here to do research and I told her and she was interested in psychology and I'm interested in nutrition. I said, can we merge this thing? How we will look at it? So we see psychology, anxieties and everything. And other aspect is we're looking at the probiotics in the brain wave. So in the alpha, theta, beta, we found that some are related to the psychological traits, anxieties and so decision makings. So from there, we found that football players who are very much on stress because they are in a competition mode, so they will be a bit stressed up. So we thought with the supplement of the uh, uh, daily for six weeks with the probiotics will give us some, uh, some in indication. That was our first paper we published in the uh, nutrient and we see how that impactful. Then we say, okay, let's see now, move on to another sports. That's what you recommended on, or mentioned about it on the badminton. So we thought, okay, we don't need to do brain wave. We already get some approval studies, understanding on that. Let's move on on that. Uh, working together with Indonesia counterpart. We actually is a combination project with the Indonesia uh, in University Universitas Negeri Samara and my our side. So we, we work out and we see how anxiety and uh, what they call the uh, psychological traits and also endurance capacity. Is there any reaction or not? Any positive or not? I know it may not. I but in my back in my mind I said might be something there because the animal model have shown me antioxidant. So that's a positive there. So there might be there. So that's where we uh, explore and we found it's a positive. So we said, oh, this is interesting. So we now we know that athletes are always in stress mode. They have some kind of stress mode. So they need to reduce it because it's a competition. You know, athlete go inside the field with the happy, of smile, yeah, but in the mind they are different, you know. They they have a different view of looking at it. So I thought maybe uh, uh, commercially available probiotics, and it's in the food form, not in a tablet form or a, uh, capsule form. I I am not in a favor of that. I'm in favor of food based for that. So I said, okay, let's give in this format and mix it with the orange juice and see how is it impact. And it was very, uh, da data was very interesting. This is what you saw in Nutrient that we published on the paper. And looking at it, in six weeks, there is a positive remarks for probiotic. And I would like to explore more on this because there's more things that we need to find out. And if it is a combination for prebiotics and probiotics combined, local food basis, and I want to see how is it helpful or not. So this is another uh, thing that uh, we are looking at it and a uh, uh, collaborator in the other universities are looking at the genetic part as well. They wanted to go to proteomics level and see how they impact, uh, how the mechanism works. So more things need to be done, but uh, the lack of funding is the major issue now. 
anywhere you go, that is, uh, we are knocking everywhere. We are knocking. I think researchers become a better already. We we, uh, we 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 tends to go and but we don't uh, under put our principle any lower. We will stand on our. I I when I work with industry, I always tell them, look here, positive or negative is a result for me. I I don't uh, what they call uh, don't publish the paper. No. I need to publish. That's a researcher's job. That's an academic job. And I need to inform the athletes because we are working with uh, athletes there, football players, badminton players. I'm in the faculty of sports science. What else I'm going to do? I That's my work to do. I have to discuss with my student. I have to share their findings, disseminate. So tell fellas start drinking probiotics, uh, cultured milk will be helpful for me because many don't even know what is cultured milk. Many don't know. So more education. I feel that we are not doing much. We need to do more. So industry have to work with us. So all these things are actually uh, our own research internal fund in these two public article research. So uh, I'm looking forward and do more and, uh, and seeing how is it impactful and I always believe that uh, athletes must go to food first. They must be footballers or badminton players or rugby players. I, I feel that they, they really need to work out on the food and they must understand what they're eating first. If they don't know what they're eating, that is actually doping control issue already. Even they eat a probiotic supplements, they must know what what bacteria is that what how much is the dose there or any combination there if they don't understand that in malay is very easy haram it is already a prohibited uh, prohibited food i always tell my students if you don't know what is your fried rice in front of you what ingredient is there please do not touch it please learn how to know the food first so cooking method is also important among athletes. So now athletes have been taught at least make a simple food base, a healthy snack. So you buy a cultured probiotic, add up with your fruit or your favorite vegetable, mix it up and really eat and enjoy it. It's like a salad. In it. So this is where I like to educate public and also sports people. Learn, read the label and apply the science. Okay. Don't understand, ask the nutritionists or dietitians to get your help and do not uh, simply uh, look for Dr. Google and get your answer. Dr. Google not going to give you a feedback on when her health goes wrong. Somewhere down there, disclaimer will be there. It's your own risk. So always take uh, initiative to talk to a nutritionist, get a proper understanding on sport nutrition before you embark with any products or any food that you want to consume. In, in terms of research, right, I would like to ask, uh, what do you think are some of the gaps in um, sports nutrition research and what do you think are some of the key direction that new research could focus on? So as I said uh, earlier, Malaysia setting, I think uh, sport nutrition research is still at a young age infants and say that we wouldn't say we are just born but we are already there but 
crawling, they're perhaps in a crawling stage, that we really need to do more further. So this is very important that we need to work with the uh, industry or work with the institution, well-established institution overseas or locally and work out in private setting so that we can do explore further. For example, that I use uh, Brainwave, which is nothing to do with the nutrition area. But when we see other in psychology, they start using it. Usually for neurophysiology, yes, people use that. But why in nutrition science? Now we can understand that from the food that we give on the probiotics, we can work on the gut system and the gut system works on the brain and then it gave you the wave, different wave. And that different wave imply on your psychology side, mood behavior, the cognitive level. So all these things are interrelated. So we need another point is multi-sectoral or multidisciplinary uh, research base. You cannot be going alone. Lone Ranger is no more. No, no for this kind of a studies in, in any part of the world or Malaysia. I learned this in a hard way because when I was in Japan for a three months on studying on accelerometer on the sport nutrition side on looking at the physical activity, how is it feasible to do it among children? Children, we need to understand, they will move very fast. So how are we going to capture that movement in accelerometer? Is it in a six, uh, one second or two second or 60 second? You know, that minute level people already move up. We are still talking step D, step count. It not be necessary. So this is how we have to work. Technology need to apply. We have to work with the industry. We have to understand the, uh, the uh, uh, smart partnership you know, and understand how we, we can work together in understanding. If let's say people are moving to nutrigenetic and nutrigenomic now, so how that will go imply in sports, we have to explore. So this is how all this kind of a work, uh, we have to work together. So they, in, in next week, there will be another a workshop on sport, uh, what you call nutrigenetic and nutrigenomic, and understanding how uh, a grant we received from British Council. So from that grant, we can teach more people. So more people, more explore in the research. But you cannot do just pure nutrition per se. We need to divert ourselves. We need to go in a different, different area of research. One of it is sports. So I feel that sports in nutrition side, we need to explore more and try to use local food. So you have to use work with food scientists. We have to work with the other researchers in the uh, technology side, maybe uh, brain or technology people or a metabolic uh, study research. That's another area of exploration to go or mixed studies. So I think uh, more things to need to be explored in this area. And working together means your fund is also limited, that you have to find all of, our, all of them work together, can put a paper and get a paper funding for research and more capacity building for uh, building up the enhancement of the 
uh, young graduates in this area then so that they can further explore for more. So all are a chain reaction, I would say that. I see. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, you know, brain wave and also nutrigenomics, nutrigenome. Um, I'm wondering if you could share some of the parameters that you think would be interesting uh, to measure uh, when it comes to sports nutrition clinical trials. Uh, because most of the time when we talk about trials, right, we look at the ingredients, the types of ingredients that we want to test out. But when it comes to parameters, do you think there are some parameters that could be interesting to explore? Certainly, there are more things to work out. I'm, I'm, I'm still learning in the uh, nutrigenetic side. And I, I, when I worked with the, uh, the psychology, sports psychologists, then only I learned about the brainwave things. So more things to explore. It's just one study we have com uh, completed. There are more things to find out. How is it can helpful? Or music, another area that explore that I, I noticed that music is when you listen music, relaxation and then apply. So that is nothing to do with the research on nutrition side, but it is also applicable with the proper appetite, is it can suppress or not. So this is a way of format to go. In, in, in terms of parameters or variables that we really need to look at it, I think there's plenty uh, uh, single base studies that are already established elsewhere. So look at it and see, is it feasible to do it in Malaysia or not, or in this region, which we can get a support. Uh, genetic studies are still, I would say that very, very minor, very, and it's very expensive, costly as well. So we cannot do one or one, only one study that we have explored is on vegetarians, plant-based eaters, uh, but it's more community-based, community nutrition side. So we wanted to see uh, these plant-based eaters have uh, essential fatty acid uh, secretion or not. They, they have or not. Are they having sufficient or not? So that when they essential fatty acid is not enough, it also link up to cardiovascular. So see how the linkage because of genetic studies, people have done it in Japan. So that exposure gave us to learn. So my my personal view is not one single parameters can give you everything. We have to do a few. So we have to work with a, a well-established scientist and see how is it can be modified, adapted to Malaysian setting. So that is important. So this is what I would say that work together with other researchers in elsewhere. And if you have some uh, what they call common understanding, we can do many things in that way. So now uh, in Malaysia, I feel that a lot of people are working in the uh, genetics, are working with outside of the country, even Singapore, they're working together and they're looking at the NCD problem. So they're finding some biomarkers there and then trying to improvise from there. So biomarkers, some of the biomarkers, uh, uh, it's rather expensive, like, I would say that. And, 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 and it sometimes is not, the technology is not available in Malaysian setting. So we need to work together with other universities or other, other institution or private sector. So markers per se, I would say that not a single marker, we have to go either saliva or invasive is better non-invasive kind of thing. But if you have to do it, blood is another parameter that really can work it out uh, 
biological fluids, that would be a better way, way of getting more accuracy in the vector. I see. Okay. And um, we talk about uh, adaptations of the studies, right? And as for, you know, for the society, when it comes to promoting health and nutrition amongst the Malaysian public, um, what are some of the plans for doing so? Can you tell us more? I'm, I'm in the Nutrition Society of Malaysia ever since I'm undergraduate. I joined. Wow, okay. Yes. Uh, that's my, my, my first society, I would say that in, in a bigger scale. Why I joined that? Because that is my degree in that area. I must go to my uh, fraternity groups. So I went and joined. From that day one until now, I, what I see is we are still educating. We are aware uh, the understanding of nutrition is still lacking. People still don't know what is food. They are eating as well. They don't know what is, uh, they think carbs is the bad food, fat is bad, or protein is the good one. They don't understand. They we have to educate them why you need carb, what type of carb you need to eat, complex carbs or refined carbs. If the refined carb is good, sometimes they know, oh, this is bad, that is bad, and but they're still eating it. Some of it is hidden food like sugar and salt. So this kind of a micronutrient uh, deficiency also still occur in Malaysia. So, and, and also overnutrition. So we have double salt. Both sides we have. So we need to tackle what, and both uh, in a systematic way. And it must be not a single approach. It's multi-sectoral approach. You have to work with a different, different ministry, different, different institution to educate the public. In the end, public need to know. If one day public go buy uh, a rice, they can talk about whole grain inside there. I think I will be happy in person. Oh, this is a whole grain there. And how this rice came? What is the content of rice there? Or they talk about this vegetable. Oh, this I know bayam. What type of bayam? What type of nutrient inside that? That is important, really. And I mean, we are already uh, past information. After that, they practice. La. Knowledge is there. Practice is not there. Attitude is not there. Then it's not going to work. So we have to do behavior changes take place there. So nutrition uh, counseling, advising them, talking to them, advise them, basically communicate with them. If we people ask questions, we can answer. If there is no platform for them to ask questions, it's a bit difficult. So this is where I, Nutrition Society of Malaysia, they have Nutrition Month Malaysia. It's like a carnival. We meet the public there, try to bring up all the uh, working with the, all the industry, professional body, there are a few professional body join together. We will go to the public, but we don't have the best um, resources and funding to do whole Malaysia yet. But we work with the Ministry of Health. So Ministry of Health, they have every state, they have nutritionists there. So they are doing, this is where we call viral. So you park one, spark it, so the others will split up. And they go to the public and talk. What if we got NCD problem? Is that NCD problem from, for people who are low, education 
irrespective education you're high or low you still get ncd problem so ncd is preventable and some people we understand genetically they will have it or uh, hereditary issues and everything but that can be controlled the issue key point here even you have ncd if you can manage and control it that is good if you can prevent it better still so who's going to do all these things nutrition side nutrition food is important every people eat so what we wanted to educate the public is eat healthy diet healthy food and practice active lifestyle do not sit and listen only i know covid time a lot of sitting listening but start moving around every 20 minutes my ophthalmologist told me 20 minutes watch stop look at elsewhere if not your eyes get problem a lot of people have a problem during uh, covid because of eye that one you cannot do because of you oh, you eat better carotene everything will be better off no this of all you still have to take rest for your eyes because the connection is not good for them so this is kind of things we have to understand educate them oh i just want to take some supplement on beta carotene that would be cover up my eye problem it is just because of your uh, straining your eyes in front of the computer the screen that's not good so we have to educate them sleep is another major issue we have to tell them 7 to 8 hours is required try to do it short naps in between is okay accumulation at least better better than don't sleep at all or um, de- sleeping deprivation and in sports we have a study on that as well sleep deprivation i, I got my senior did it uh, 24 hours don't sleep and then do a fitness test and then uh, 48 hours don't sleep at all and then do a fitness test it detracts it goes down so if sleep is important so we have to tell the public Mm, I see. I see. Yeah. So it's like a lot of um ways, different ways to uh engage the public. It's not just about the sports person, but about the, you know, the the average member of the public and even children. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, could you also share some of your ongoing or upcoming research when it comes to functional foods or even sports nutrition? Despite of having this COVID. We we also had a research uh, earlier. We managed to get some research funding on biopeptide, looking at the peptide and omega three. Well, we wanted to see omega supplementation and also biopeptide from rice grains was funded by BASF. So we wanted to see uh, how is it impactful on the day uh, in sports people. So the uh, study is still. Uh, completed somehow rather before the actual major lockdown started we managed to complete it and then we will do data analysis and everything on so and now it's in the edge of it we we, we are waiting for publication so i can't share that now but uh, they uh, is interesting data to find out to see bipeptide i'm also interested to look at it and and the other hand uh, of my uh, moving forward kind of research i will still go in probiotics and more on uh, a combination of uh, other food base and also looking at the intervention on the uh, 
uh, accelerometers on the physical activity as well. So I, I still wanted to have all on the physical activity component because that is more objective studies there. And, and in functional food, I really wanted to go in, into nutrigenetic or nutrigenomics area and immuno, immunology. And immunoendocrine will be the best to, to explore more because this will give a future understanding, especially on locally grown products or food. I would say food is the best. Uh, and looking at it, how, how we can improve our national athletes and understand them, teach them nutrition have a role to play for them. Even if it is going to come from uh, uh, palm oil, uh, there's so many uh, exploration is going on on that, on the lipid peroxidation, on the beta, uh, what they call the carotene oil. So we wanted to explore on that as well. Looking the, uh, in among the normal laymen people, people have done it, but in, in sports people, we are looking explore on this as well because this is a tropical oil this is our side of oil we should be shouldn't be afraid of this kind of oil and uh, all countries have their own way of saying it uh, but our country this is our oil and we we should be proud of it and we should explore more on this uh, oil based uh, studies as well and local rice the biopeptide that I uh, was talking about, this came from the rice. So we need to do exploration on this rice base. Uh, what we are rice producer countries, so we can do more things. And, and the milk, dairy, uh, a lot of people are now looking at the goat's milk. Uh, we have to do more on goats and find out what we can explore there. And Saba and Strava, they have fantastic food there that need to be explored more further. I, I don't have any interest on the uh, looking at the durian at this point of junction, but we never know. It might have some role to play, which is we haven't explored yet. So like in Japan, you know, garlic, they came out one peptide from garlic and looking at that peptide for ulcer treatment in stomach. So Nihon University was doing on this research and, and I found that uh, they were thinking how to do this peptide. I was telling them, the professor, why you are taking the peptide out of it? Why don't can you give the garlic one go itself? Oh, Japanese have a smell, pungent smell kind of a gun. I say, don't worry, put it in the rice. Oh, then it's still a smell. I say, you come to Malaysia, take a down pandan, you know. Oh, our pandan is our vanilla. So put it inside there and it will knock off or coriander leaf, it will knock off that smell of it, the garlic. So there's plenty of rooms for research exploration. Coconut, another end, need to explore. Uh, black pepper, we are a producer. We are still importing some of it and exporting also if we don't enough. So we need to look at it that way also in a local food like uh, uh, pepper, black pepper, uh, coconut. Yeah, so was one 
looking at one people are looking at the coconut uh, flower you know and the coconut water and the sugar from there palm sugar so as all functional food uh, kind of exploration can be done it's just matter of time funding and technology to work on that's my my uh, i always le- wanted to learn from others and then try to work it out and i always sit down and listen i go for conference i listen to other researchers than my own field because that's where i will get my idea if i sit down in my own area i only explore and understand deep a little bit more to explore and write up but to get more other things we have to learn from other researchers they have many things and we have to work together and that's my 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 principle of working in research in sport and sport uh, sports and nutrition is actually working on food based or functional food ingredients yeah indeed yes you have mentioned quite a number of interesting ingredients and also foods like coconut and you know black pepper or that yeah thank you so much for your time today to speak with me on your research and also some of the awareness that should be driven to the public when it comes to um sports nutrition yeah thank you again for your time thank you thank you thank you if you like this podcast you can subscribe to neutral champion on spotify Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. You can also head to NutriIngredients-Asia.com for more content and news on the nutrition industry.